the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Abraham's belief and the promises of God was proven by his obedience. He believed that God was going to multiply him exceedingly, make him exceedingly fruitful. The nations would come from him. Kings would come from him. He's going to give him all of this land of Canaan. He believed it so much that he immediately got up and obeyed God. And his obedience shows his faith. His obedience shows his faith. How would you do if you were to measure your faith based on your obedience to the Lord? In today's study with Pastor Dan, you'll see how great Abraham's faith was by his obedience to the Lord. Additionally, Abraham went above and beyond the call of the Lord. When asked to feed some travelers, he prepared a feast. He jumped up to travel with migrants when asked to show the way. While it will be hard to beat Abraham, you can likely increase your compliance for the Lord. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 17 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now, up until now, God has said to Abram that he will have many descendants. He said, you'll have numerous as the stars in the sky, so will your descendants be. But now, for the first time, he tells him that he will be the father of many nations, plural. Many nations. This is a new promise that God makes to Abram. Many nations will come from Abraham. Now, if you've been watching the news recently... There was a historic Middle East peace treaty that was signed between Israel, the UAE, and Bahrain. And what do they call that peace treaty? The Abraham Accords. It actually, listen to this, it actually says in the peace treaty, this is a quote, it says, recognizing that the Arab and Jewish peoples are descendant of a common ancestor, Abraham. In the treaty, it says that. That's why it's called the Abraham Accord. Because the Jews and the Arabs both descend from Abraham. From Abraham came many nations. Verse 5 says, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. God changes Abram's name to Abraham. God changes his name to emphasize this new promise of what God would do for Abraham. We, we see God change people's names in the Bible. For example, he changes Jacob's name to Israel. In the New Testament, Jesus changed Cephas to Peter. 
And when God changes someone's name, it represents something new that God is doing in their lives. The name change reflects the God-given destiny for that person. Abram will now be called Abraham because God will make him the father of many nations. And that name Abraham fits what God will do through Abraham's life. Abram means exalted father. Abraham means the father of a multitude. So this is what God will do. So he gives him a new name. And I think of when Abraham announced his name change to his friends. Don't call me Abram anymore. Call me Abraham. Because God has made me the father of a multitude. And here he is, he's 99 years old. He and his wife are childless. Living in a tent. God said, you are the father of a multitude. And I wonder if Abraham's friends laughed when they heard this new name or, or mocked him. And said, yeah, yeah, right. You're the father of a multitude. Yeah, at your age, God's going to make you the father of a multitude. You know, sometimes people will, will, will mock what God is doing in your life. They'll doubt it. Let the doubters doubt. You've got the promise of God. Romans 4.17 says God calls into existence the things that do not exist. That's what he does with Abraham. So verse 6 now says, And I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. This is getting better. Not just nations, but kings will come from Abraham, including the king of kings. Jesus Christ, who will come into the world and die on the cross for the sins of the world to rescue mankind from sin and death. That king will come from Abraham. What a promise God makes to Abraham. You know, the Bible says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And that certainly was true for Abraham. Abraham never imagined that nations would come from him, kings would come from him, or that the Savior of mankind would come for him, come from him. And the promise wasn't for Abraham only, it was a promise also for Abraham's descendants. Verse 7, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations. Look what it says for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. So it's an everlasting covenant. That, that means it doesn't have an expiration date. It doesn't have an end date. It's a perpetual promise from God that is still in effect today. He says in verse 8, Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan, just in case you're confused about which land it is that he's giving him, it is all the land of Canaan. Look what it says, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So the land of Canaan, all the land of Canaan was also part of this covenant that God made with Abraham. God gives the land of Canaan, what we call the promised land, to Abraham's descendants. And notice again, it is an everlasting possession. 
That means it belongs to the, the descendants of Abraham forever. And, and of course, the land of Canaan is the modern state of Israel, and really the promise includes much more than the land of the modern state of Israel. We saw back in chapter 15 the, the boundaries of the promised land. And again, if, if, you, if you watch the news, you read the news, the land of Israel is hotly contested. In modern times, and, and you read stories about the land of Israel and disputes over territory and Jewish settlements and giving land for peace and, and all of that stuff is always in the news. And some people try to argue that the Jews have no right to the land of Israel. Well, according to the Bible, you read it in your own Bible right here. God gave the land to the descendants of Abraham, the Jewish people, as an everlasting covenant, an everlasting possession for them. So this is, this is the covenant. And this, is, this is what God's going to do. This is what God's going to give Abraham and his descendants through Isaac, the Jewish people. And now we come to Abraham's part, what Abraham must do in this covenant. Verse 9. And God said to Abraham, now as for you, here's what I expect you to do. You shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, throughout their generations. So it's, it's, a, it's not just for Abraham, it's throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. Oh, man. <laughs> all these great promises. I, you know, this, I'm going to make you great. I'm going to multiply you exceeding. I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful. Nations will come for you. Kings will come for you. I'm going to give you all of this land. Oh, it's wonderful. But here's what you have to do. What is it? You got to be circumcised. Oh, really? And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you, he who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. You just circumcise them on the eighth day. By the way, just a little side note here. The, the human body begins to produce vitamin K, which causes the blood to clot about the fifth or sixth day. They were to do the circumcision before the eighth day. Eighth day, the baby would bleed uh, to death. Now when a baby is born, they immediately inject the baby with a shot of vitamin K so that the body can... Clot, the blood can clot. It's like God knows what he's talking about, right? Wait till the eighth day. Don't do it the third day. Wait till the eighth day. Every male child in your generation, he who is born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant, he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money must be circumcised. My covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. There's a play on words here, by the way. He has broken my covenant. So the sign of the covenant for Abraham, all the males and all the males dwelling in his house and all of his descendants after him is circumcision. Now, circumcision was not something that was unknown in the ancient world before Abraham. It's not, it's not the first time it's ever 
mentioned in, in the world. It's not unique to the Jewish people. There were many cultures in that time that practiced circumcision for different reasons. In fact, archaeologists have found Egyptian mummies that were circumcised. It's something you can talk about at lunch today. So it was a common practice in many cultures. But here, for Abraham and his descendants, this now becomes the sign. That they have entered into this covenant with their God, Yahweh. It is to be a sign. A sign for who? Well, it's a sign for the person that's been circumcised. You know, every time that person who has been circumcised, every time they, they see it, which is going to be a few times a day, they are reminded of their covenant relationship with God and all the promises that God made to them through Abraham that are here in chapter 17. That they have this relationship with God. That God has made these promises to them. That God has entered into a covenant relationship with them to multiply them, make a nation of them, and bring kings from them, and to give them the land of Canaan. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. You know, in the book of Joshua, when the children of Israel cross over the Jordan River into the Promised Land, if you remember that story, After they cross into the promised land, they enter into the promised land now. Before they go to the first city to conquer, the city of Jericho, do you remember what they do? They circumcise all the men. Right after they cross into the promised land, they stop and they circumcise all of the men. which Which was a very dangerous thing to do because they were vulnerable to attack. Now, all of your men, your whole army, you know, they're, they're recovering from surgery. Uh, and so they're vulnerable to attack from a military standpoint. It was a very good idea to do that procedure after crossing, uh, you know, the Jordan River and entering into enemy territory. So then why did they do that? Why do they stop then of all, you know, at all points, why do they stop to circumcise the men, because the land was part of the covenant. God promised to give them the land if they kept the covenant, and so they circumcised the men to keep their part of the covenant. They, they weren't hoping in their military. They weren't hoping in their, their military might to gain the land. They were trusting in the promise of God to give them the land as part of this covenant, so they have to do their part. Now, There's a lot we could say about circumcision, but we won't. But let me just say this. In the New Testament, 
When we get to the New Testament, the emphasis is on spiritual circumcision. The circumcision of the heart. The removal of the flesh. The removal of the sin nature that is in each of our hearts. Colossians chapter 2 verse 11 says, When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So for us, it's a cutting away of the sinful nature. Circumcision of the heart. And in that same passage in Colossians that I just read, there's a parallel made between circumcision and baptism. And so for us, the sign of our covenant with God is water baptism. You know, that's the sign. That's the sign for us. The baptism symbolizes that the old man is dead and buried and that we have new life in Jesus Christ. There's a lot more the Bible says about circumcision, but we'll leave it there for now. Verse 15. So then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. So Sarah's name is also changed by God. By the way, Sarah is the only woman in the scriptures to have her name changed. And so the promises here, you know, it's important to to note here, the promise... For Abraham, it's also promise for his wife. You know, Peter talks about how a husband and wife are heirs together of the grace of God. And here, Sarah also is part of this covenant. Her name is changed. Sarai means my princess. Sarah means the princess. In verse 16, we have the blessings of Sarah. Verse 16, and I will bless her and I will give you a son. Look at this a son by her, then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of peoples shall be from her. This is the first time that God specified the son would come from Sarah. 24 years they've had this promise, but God has never explicitly said it's going to come through Sarah. That's why they had the whole idea with Hagar. But now God explicitly says it's going to be through Sarah. She's going to have a son. Remember, she's almost 90 years old at this point. Abraham is 99. So then Abraham fell on his face (laughs) and he laughed. And he said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Why can't it just be through Ishmael? And then God said, no, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. So God gives the name of the son before he's even born. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. So God says that Sarah will have a son and his name will be Isaac and God will establish his covenant with Isaac, not Ishmael. The covenant promises are for Isaac. They're going to go from Isaac 
From Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to the twelve tribes of Israel, the nation of Israel. Not through Ishmael. And God says, you shall name his name Isaac, which means laughter. Because Abraham laughed when God told him that his wife Sarah would have a baby at their ages. Not that he doubted God. But it just, you know, it was humorous to him that God would do it. You know, and sometimes the way that God works things out, it, it, just, it just makes you laugh that he would do it this way. You know. Sarah will laugh at the idea too in a couple chapters when she hears, hears that she's going to have a baby at her age. You know. Verse 20. And as for Ishmael, I, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him. And will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget twelve princes. We'll see that in chapter 25. And I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac. Whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. You know, there are some, some people that say that the covenant was through Ishmael. I don't know how they get that. Because God very clearly says multiple times in this chapter that the covenant is through Isaac. So then he finished talking with him and God went up from Abraham. The dwelling place of God is up. And so Abraham took Ishmael, his son, all who were born in his house and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, And circumcised the flesh of their foreskins. Notice that very same day. As God had said to him. Abraham was 99 years old. When he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael his son. Was 13 years old. When he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very same day Abraham was circumcised and his son Ishmael and all the men of his house born in the house or bought with money from a foreigner were circumcised with him. I want you to note here that Abraham did not say to God, let me pray about it or let me sleep on it. But let me think about it for a few days. It says that very same day He circumcised the men of his household. His obedience to God was immediate. He didn't put it off. Abraham's belief and the promises of God was proven by his obedience. He believed that God was going to multiply him exceedingly, make him exceedingly fruitful. The nations would come from him. Kings would come from him. That he's going to give him all of this land of Canaan. He believed it so much that he immediately got up and obeyed God. And his obedience shows his faith. His obedience shows his faith. If we believe God's word, if we believe it's true, if we believe his promises are true, we're going to obey it's, it's that simple. If we believe His Word, if we believe His promises, we'll be obedient and we'll be quick to obey. We're not going to be wishy-washy about it. It's not going to be the kind of thing, well, let me think about it, I don't know, and let me pray. No, I, I believe His promises are true and so I'm going to be quick 
to obey. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how He interacts and intercedes with those He's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together, after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.